Buenos días. Good morning. Let's start making a translation exercise. I will say things in, in Spanish, and you will tell me the same thing in English. Okay? Easy. Buenos días. Mi nombre es Samua. That was good. Muy bien. Let's switch. I say it in English, and you respond in Spanish. Okay? Let's see how it goes. Good morning. I promise behave well during the next 35 minutes. Come on, right? let's celebrate that. You are doing great. Muy bien. Muy, muy bien. Excellent. So, let's start cutting, cutting the ribbon. When you are about to start something new, like dedicating your house, some people like to do it, like a building, a business, you invite very important people, the people that you love the most, to join you and cut the ribbon. So I need you to raise your right, right hand. Imagine that you have a scissor. Imagine that. Be creative, okay? At the count of three, I want you to help me to inaugurate, that's a difficult word in English, a new series. Come and see. So, count of three, you will do with, I say, one, two, three, come and see, okay? One, two, and three. Yes, we did it. So, we are officially starting a new series as a campus that will last all the way to Easter. It's come and see. What is come and see about? So, encounters with Jesus from the Gospel of John. And if you are part of our family, and you are because you are here this morning, that's redundant, we want to invite you to walk during this season, through the Gospel of John. As you exit this morning, please grab a copy of the work of the Gospel of John. Read it, read it daily. Let's walk together through this wonderful portion of Scriptures. Let me be clear in this. We are not going into uh, theology details of the Gospel of John. So we, this is not the focus. We are really focusing in encounters with Jesus from the gospel of John. People that meet Christ or meet with Christ, disciples, ladies, men, moments that change people's life during the gospel of John. Couple of general information about John. This John is the writer. He was the second most prolific writer in the New Testament. Number one, Paul. He wrote more than half of the New Testament. But this is known as John the Evangelist. This man, he wrote the gospel, three letters, and the amazing 
book of revelations that only good people from Texas A&M knows and understand. John Gospel, a wonderful story of Jesus' acts during his time in this earth. Please, let, let us commit to all together as a church family during at least the next six, seven Sundays. Now, I want to introduce you, listen, the worst, no, the worst creation in the whole world. I hope that you agree with me. This is the worst creation in the whole world. Cousins. You might be saying, no, I don't agree because you are a cousin of somebody, maybe. But cousins are tough. Let me, let me share a story with my cousin. Uh, the one that I was closer to, his name is Ruben. We call him Rubencito. And cousins leave marks in you. I was about one year old. I see somebody saying yes. Yeah. Who loves your cousins? Like, they are the best. Okay, okay. I need to change next time. But when Rubencito and I, we were about one year my mom, his mom, they bring us together to a lot of festivities. Too much, I think, but they bring us together. We were about one year old. My birthday is September 1st. His is November 18th. So we are the same age. And we were fighting for a wood toy. So it's alcancia. It's a toy when you put your money Biggie back, that thing. Okay. We were like, mm, 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 mm. guess who won? Me. But he doesn't like it. So he take it away from me, and I have a mark here, because he mm, pushed me with the biggie back right here. So you cannot argue with me that cousins don't leave a mark in you. They do. Cousins leave marks in you. But today, we are talking about one cousin that he leaves a mark in the world. This man, he leaves a mark in the world. Actually, Scripture says in Luke chapter 7 that I say to you that among those born of women, there is no one greater, not John Lewis, than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Jesus talked about his cousins in, in a very special way. This man was choose, chosen from God for the purpose that maybe many of us will prefer do not smell bad, do not dress awkward, and do, and do not live isolated from the rest of the people because that was John the Baptist's journey. Who was John the Baptist? It's not the same who writes. It's the, the gospel. This is Jesus' cousin 
the son of Elizabeth is Zacharias. I don't know how to pronounce Zacharias in Spanish, so you will need to do your homework. Um, but Zacharias and Elizabeth. That is a wonderful, beautiful story at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke about the way that John the Baptist came to the world, how he was prophetized from an angel. He, he grew up with the knowledge of who Jesus was prophesied to be. It's like every day in your house. I'm glad that my mom didn't do that about Rubencito. But John grew up knowing every day about you are to serve Jesus. You, you have been born to serve Christ. This is the purpose of your life. It's every day you are for him. You are for him. He grew up with that certain in his life. Title of today's sermon. Easy. Come and see John the Baptist. And this is the main idea that I want to share with us this morning. Is that John the Baptist's life teaches lessons that are worth knowing for every disciple of Christ. I want you to highlight this word. Lessons that are worth knowing for every disciple of Christ. Because once we know it, we will be challenged to apply it. The first one, first lesson this morning. Let's open our Bible in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And we will be focused in verses from 19 to 34. So the Gospel according to John Chapter 1, verse 19 to 34. We will be splitting the passage as we learn. First lesson. Right identity leads to right purpose. I love it. Right identity. When you and I, we know our identity not the identity that the world gave us. Neither the identity that our friends gave us. Neither the identity that the church gave us. Or the jobs or the roles. That lead us to the right purpose. God's word says. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent to him. Priests and Levites from Jerusalem. So important. Who is sending people to ask him? They use, and they first send the worship team, priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him. They are smart. Who are you? And he confessed, confessed, and did not deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. They asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they say to him, who are you so that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Why right identity lead us to right purpose? I want you to focus in the flow of the conversation. So, if I ask you, what's your name? I hope that you tell me, Cynthia, Cory, Steve, 
David, Stan, I don't know, your name. But in this conversation, John immediately asked, what, his answer was, who he wasn't. Not who he was, who he wasn't. He were totally sure that he was not the person that the people should be looking to. And that is meaningful. From the very beginning, from his life, he knew that his life was given to talk about other person whose name is Jesus. And I think that you and I can see immediately the, the, the familiarity for us. You have a name, I have a name, you have a social security number, I do too, but that doesn't make our eternal identity. It's beyond that. I'm not the Christ. There is people that insist when they want something, parenthesis, me included, when I want something, I ask, I ask, I ask. They ask him, what then, are you the prophet? And he said, I'm not. So they were specific right now. No, always the answer. But he has this clear. He said, I am a voice of one cried in the wilderness. As Isaiah the prophet said. Even from before, he was aware. He was aware. And you know why? That's mom and dad influence. In his house, he was T-A-U-G-H-T. Taught. Thank you. Teach is easy. Taught that this is your life. The prophet announced that this is your purpose. You, John, have a purpose in your life because God gives you this identity to that. Psalms 139 tell us that since we were in our mother's womb, God see us. We have been, not only John, you in this morning in this place, me, we are in God's plan. Any person in this house this morning, any person in the world, is an accident that happens. God has, from the beginning of the times, he chose a purpose for us life. He wants us to fulfill that purpose. But first, we need to be sure what is our identity in Christ. We are God's child. That's our, the, the greater identity that we can have. We, our life find identity in Christ. Right identity leads to right purpose. There is a well-known Hispanic. He's from Spain. Um, even when the people from Spain, they don't consider themselves Hispanic, but they speak Spanish. But he's from Spain. He wrote a song, the title is El Payaso, The Clown. Wonderful song. He's a very prolific artist. He says in the song uh, about the clown, he never knew how to assume his position without realizing that he made so many people happy in his role. This song is about a clown that he wants to be the person that walk malabarista. 
Again? Tybro. He won't be that person. But he didn't realize that the circus was full, not because that guy, but because the clown. Children came to have fun with the clown. But he was complaining about his role every single day. One day the circus was empty and he came and he, he uh, claimed and started to do it. He failed. And when he fell, he broke his knees and his ribs. He never was able to continue working in the circus as a clown again. That's what Marcos Vidal says. He made so many people happy in his role. That if one day he was missing the circus, will come to an end and will never be the same. But he was still determined to be miserable. Because the things that he wants, the identity that he wants built for himself, were more important for him than the one that God gave to him. We don't see that in John the Baptist. He has a clear identity. I'm not a Christ. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a liar. I'm just a voice. And if you are only a voice, and I am only the key player, That's the identity that the one who knows everything gave me. And if I rejoice and have confidence and strength in that identity, the biggest and the greatest identity that any person can have, a child of God, I will make my life count in the right purpose. One of the shoes that... Um, are famous in the, in the ladies' world are los tacones. In English, heels, correct? Who ladies love heels? You are smart. That, that, that have to be very uncomfortable. Walk with them. I know a story of one tall lady that he complained all the time about use heels. Because heels make her taller. But her mother teach her something. Will you choose shy or shine? Use your heels and shine instead of shy because God made you in that way. So the same applies to us. No, the heel country thing. No, 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 no. Heels. No, no, no. Choose to shine with the identity that God giveth, gives to you. Even if that identity is not to please other people around you. John can tell, teach us about that. He smells bad. He dresses ugly. He maybe eat healthy, but that doesn't mean that was yummy. If you have, to, I, I don't give you more because I assume that you will be read more about his life in the Gospel of John, also in the Gospel of Luke. There is more details about him. But he was clear about who he was and for what. I'm not a Christ. I'm not a liar. I am a voice in the wilderness that talk about 
make straight the way of the Lord. That's maybe our pathway. Maybe we have been called, actually, we have been called to be in a voice that share, that talk about the Lamb of God. So that's the first lesson. Right identity lead us to right purpose. Second, right purpose lead us to right sensitivity. When you and I, we have clear purpose because we rejoice in who we are in Jesus. We are God's child. We are God's children. That lead us to the right sensitivity. As the story goes, now the Jews, they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him to John and said to him, why then are you baptizing? If you are not the Christ, nor liar, nor the prophet. What are you doing this if you are not? John answered them saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the son of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Other group of people come to him, the Pharisees in this case, and ask him, why are you baptizing? What I love about this is, is that John, even when his speech was kind of aggressive and challenged, his answer in this moment was not about himself again. Actually, I wrote this. John's response, I'm sorry, I confused English and Spanish here. John's response was not what they wanted, neither what they deserved. They were Pharisees. So they are the right people to you to tell. That's not your problem, so shut up and listen what I am saying. He was, he was accomplished his purpose, so he was sensitive to the people around him. If sometimes in your life you have been asked to share the gospel, sometimes you and I, we feel moved to, let me talk about Christ. But more important that the things that the, people ne the, the person ne next to you need to hear. And this is what I see in this. John have a lot of things to tell them. But his answer wasn't what they wanted, neither what they deserved but it was what they needed. So we should be able to be sensitive in conversations that happen in our life to like lead the conversation to the one who sent John. Take a look again to this. I baptize in water, so he do not justify himself, but among you stands one who you don't know. It is he who comes after me the tone of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Jesus. They need to know about the Savior of the world. And he lead the conversation even 
when they were his enemies and the people that do not like him intentionally. I know that this will make happy one of our members uh, because he loves tennis. And there is a um, huge uh, rivalry between, who is this? Let me, let, me, let me test him, where you are, you know? And I'm talking about, okay, perfect. Who is this? Nadal, and this is? Federer, perfect. That is a rivalry, it's, it's known as Fedal. But Federer says, not all rivals are enemies. Some are just great friends. Though unprecedented. This is just to illustrate that the people that do not agree with us that the people who criticize us, they are not our rivals. Even the people of all other Christian communities, they are not our rivals. And our conversations should be guided to the greatest topic ever, to the greatest theme ever, Jesus Christ. Again, John said, it is he who comes after me. It is he who comes after me. When we have the right purpose, we became sensitive with a grown sensitivity around the people around us. Those Pharisees, they, they were like my cousin Rubencito. They need to be punched right there. He didn't say that. He told with them about the topic that they need, the theme, the person that they need the most. Third lesson. Right sensitivity, it's because right devotion. Before I go to the passage, I want to share with you something that we did during two weeks ago, cold weather, snow at our home. One of my favorite movies is Life is Beautiful. La Vida es Bella. La Vita Bella, in Italiano. How many have seen this movie? It's about the Holocaust. I highly recommend it. It's, it's a masterpiece. It is indeed. $3.99 in Prime or Apple. Apple, please pay me for this. It's a beautiful, meaningful heartbreaking story about the Holocaust. But that is a moment, moment in, the, in the movie that he's in the, in the opera house and the orchestra is playing a beautiful melody, but he is like, it's an orchestra playing a masterpiece. And he's not looking there. His eyes are towards her. You know, he developed a love. He fall in love like, Everything about devotion over there. Let's read, let's read verses 29 to 31. Until now, Jesus is not there. So it's just John having the opportunity to brag about himself. But he didn't. He didn't. The next day, he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God 
who takes away the sin of the world. Can we repeat that phrase? Behold. Can we go from Anglican to Evangelicals? Well, again. Okay, go. Yes, actually, that's the way that Anglican says God's word. They say it out loud. Absolutely. As soon as he saw Jesus, like, he, he is. We started the service this morning singing, he is worthy. He is. At the beginning of the times, when he came to the earth, and at the end, in, an etern in, in, in eternity, will be the same. This is he on behalf of whom and said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I. That's beautiful. For he existed before me. I was listening this week to Dr. Tony Evans' teachings about uh, John, the Gospel of John. I recommend it. If you have the opportunity, go to Right Now Media. Again, we have that subscription for our church people. It's free for you. Dr. Tony Evans, he talks about it, and he says that in this moment, John even talked about Jesus' pre-existence. So it's above any other human. He not only was sensitive, sensitivity towards the Pharisees, but also telling them that this man was the Messiah, was God. He is God in person. He is God made flesh. And for John, not the Baptist, the writer, this tied together from the beginning of the chapter because he's speaking about who Jesus is. This is the word of God. That's why John, the writer, chose this word. After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I. John devotion. John devotion was all about Christ. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. Let me tell you something. This phrase here is a little tricky. Because when you grow up in a family that teaches you about your purpose, and you are aware that that person will fulfill that purpose, that is not evidence in a scripture that they gather frequently. So some scholar says, that's weird because they're supposed to have dinners and feasts and lunch and Starbucks together as they grow up. No. There is not evidence in a scripture that they spend a lot of time together as cousins. Maybe yes, maybe not. This is just a reference regarding that Luke explained it better. He came from the multitude. So Christ doesn't come like from the top mountains to show everybody that he was the Lamb of God. He was in the multitude. And he came and why John did not recognize him. Also, what I believe is that John wasn't talking about his cousin. He was talking about the Messiah. 
that for me is, is, is very necessarily. We should make our life, our topic, our theme, beyond ourselves. He didn't was bragging about his Rubencito. He was talking about the Messiah. And many times in conversations, we can talk more about ourselves than about the Messiah, the bread of life that we worship in this morning. Our devotion should be built towards Christ. Not towards the place that we gather, but towards Christ, our Saviors. And last lesson is this. Right devotion leads to the right focus, the Holy Spirit. John was baptizing in one way, but Christ baptized in a higher and eternal purpose and way. Right devotion leads us to the right focus, which is the Holy Spirit. John testified saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. That was the confirmation of the Trinity in the baptism of Christ. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So like the, the Trinity acknowledging that he is the Messiah. I did not recognize him again, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, look at the, 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 the vision and in that moment, he upon whom you see the Spirit descending and reminding upon him, this is the one who baptized in the Holy Spirit. Even when John was a different guy, He was a guy who can see manifestations, conversations, moments that he had zero doubt that the Holy Spirit was leading him and confirming him the right thing. One of the questions that we have to make us this morning is, are we sensitive to Holy Spirit moments and opportunities in our life? Are we able to give a space for more of the Holy Spirit, more fulfillment of the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit do not belong to charismatic church. It's life, active, and working through his church. It's not a sensitive topic. It's an amazing topic to speak about. Because apart from him, we can't do nothing. But it's not only external things. Because we, as we grow in the relationship with him through his word, we became able to see him working. To the point that you can say, I have zero doubt that the Holy Spirit leads us to this conversation today. And maybe you don't say it but you experience it because our life are guided and filled with the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified 
that this is the Son of God. So the relationship of John with his father, with the one who sent him, he who sent me to baptize in water, his closest relationship with God led him to see the movement and the actions of the Holy Spirit around him in Christ. Right devotion leads to right focus, able to see the Holy Spirit. There is a story in the book of Acts, chapter 11, is the La Iglesia de Antioquia, the church of Antioquia. So when Barnabas arrived to that church with Paul, says, then when he arrived and witnessed, not the worship team, not the hospitality team, neither production, neither the size of the place, no, When Barnabas arrived and witnessed the grace of God in the people, not the, not the words of the gospel, the gospel in flesh, real people live in the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain through to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and faith. When we allow the Holy Spirit to grow in us, we became, our eyes are open to Holy Spirit appointments, to divine opportunities, and we start to see things through the spiritual lenses, even when we are still in the flesh, okay? We will still rejoice when University of Texas lost with Texas A&M. So sin will be here. That will not be removed, but your spiritual nature will be bigger than, your, than our sinful nature. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit, and considerable members were brought to the Lord. Right devotion. When Christ is the devotion of our life, our focus, our eyes are open to the Holy Spirit. Let's start to land the, land the plane. Some people like Delta, American, that's all up to you. Um, Southwest have a lot of free pounds, two bags free. Southwest, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Maybe we think that this morning that, ja, uh, that John the Baptist was the, you know, this guy. I have bad news from you. For you and for me. Even when he was the, the guy who baptized Jesus and the guy who experienced that moment, as a human like you and me, he also has doubts. Look to what Luke, in, the, in another gospel, he says. John the Baptist was in, the, in jail and he says, summoning Two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord to cry, saying, Are you the expected one? Do I did the right thing? Or do we look for someone else? 
even young, the champion, you know, the, the, the champion of identity. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Christ. I am the voice. Time after, he make a lot of questions for himself. Is he the Messiah? So doubts are part of our life. We don't have to figure out the whole thing because even him do not have. He was invited to believe in what everybody was seeing. When the men came to him, they said uh, to Jesus, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, are you the expected one or are we should look for someone else? At that very time, so at, at the moment that he was asked, he cured many people of, of disease and afflictions and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. So Jesus, in this moment, made things happen. So the disciples were able, the John disciples were able to witness. We believe in a dispensationalist perspective of a scripture, which means that there are things, specific things, that happens in a certain moment only because through Jesus, the, he wants proof his authority and ministry and Messiah's role. But look to the next. And he answered and said to them, go to report on John how many people, numbers, I baptize. No. Look and talk to John about the quality of the wine that I drink. Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. All of these are physical manifestations that have an eternal go down. So they happen, they disappear when people die. But this one, the better one, has an eternal impact. The gospel is preached to them. Was Jesus the right one? John only have to believe it. Just see what Christ is doing. Let me say this. It's not about Midtown. It's about you and Christ. It's about me and Christ. It's about us and Christ. Should always be that way. The name of Jesus is more important than what we have this place. It's beautiful. You can tell people, come and see what God is, not, not what is going on in Midtown. It's what God is doing in the life, in the people of Midtown. It's never about this place. It's never about us should always be about what God is doing among us. Come and see that God has given us identity, that God has given us purpose to influence others, that God has made us sensitive to see his song, and that God is opening our eyes to the work of the Holy Spirit. When we start this morning, I tell, tell you that this was the title. Come and see John the Baptist. 
totally wrong title. Bad title. It's really, come and see the Lamb of God. Because if we put our focus in John the Baptist, even he lead us to the Lamb of God. Every Sunday from now on, we want to see in a story, an encounter of somebody in his life from our congregation. So I invite you to take a look to the screens. I grew up, one of the few who grew up here in Bryan College Station, um, and as such, um, if you find people who have grown up in Bryan College Station, usually you, um, if they've lived here more than five years, there's a lot of connections there. When Carlos first moved to Bryan College Station, I reached out to him and developed a friendship with him. And having grown up here, I know a number of people in the uh, Spanish-speaking community. And on one particular day, I was um, introducing Carlos to a lot of these people in the Spanish-speaking community around Bryan and College Station. And um, ironically, I'd spent much of that day, I understand Spanish, I don't speak it very well, but I'd spent a lot of that day um, speaking Spanish or under, trying to understand the Spanish languages, I would introduce Carlos to different business owners and um, you know some, some ministry guys around town. Um, that day, I got a call from my middle son who worked at Walmart, and he said, Dad, I've got, I want you to meet someone. Um, they said that they're interested in uh, Turkey, and when he heard that I grew up, I'm quoting my son here, when he heard um, I grew up in Turkey, um, he, they're interested in going to Turkey, so they, wanted, they would love to meet you and Mom and talk about um, talk what you've learned about Turkey. And so what we decided to do is I like grilling chicken, so we invited him over for supper that night. And if I'm honest, I had been out all day speaking Spanish, and for whatever reason, I had an Anglo guy in my head when my son, when Hilton said, hey, Dad, I want you to meet someone. So I had an Anglo guy in my head. I walk into our back porch. My wife had already, they had already arrived, and I'd been coming in after speaking Spanish all day, and here is this, uh, here is this guy from Guatemala and his wife, and he walks up, and, hola, como estas? You know, it was kind of, it was kind of crazy. Uh, that guy was OJ, and that girl was Nere, um, it was it was just kind of a wild, you know, wild, normal interaction. You know, we were just going to sit there and chat with someone about uh, going to Turkey. Ultimately, he wanted, he was, OJ was open to being a part of what was going, what God was doing in the midst of the people. And um, it just so happened that that link, that link happened to be at Midtown. I, ha I could not have fathomed um, OJ the dinner with OJ or an interest in Turkey somehow leading to OJ being here at Midtown up in front of us so much. But um, it's just neat to see what the Lord does in the process of that. Come and see what God not only is doing, but can do. All that happened before he was an elder. So we are not saying that an elder, uh, no, 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 no. A person who used his time, his life, to a connection, making an assumption that the Holy Spirit, like, no, it's about this. And today we are so blessed with OJ in our church family. Couple of questions for closing. Are we living out the practical side of being a Christian without stopping to adore Jesus for who he is? 
What does it mean to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? Before we think about what he did for us personally. And lastly, as the worship team came, John the Baptist was a witness to Jesus who was coming. We are witness to Jesus who is coming again. And you can say hallelujah because our Savior is coming again and we are invited to witness him. Do we really know who he is and what he will do? If you visit us this morning, do you really know who Jesus is and what he has done for you and is able to do in your life? He restores relationships. He forgives things. He invites us to be part of a family. And he not only saves us for this moment, but for eternity since the moment that we believe. So I want to invite you, if you are visiting us, if this bread and juice is nothing for you until now, I want to invite you to consider belief in Christ as your Savior. Make a decision is, I need the Lamb of God in my life. I need Christ in my life. If you have questions, come close to one of our elders, to ourselves here. And we will love to have a conversation with you. But now, we invite you to believe in Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord. And for us that believe in Him, let's open our eyes and have zero doubt that the Holy Spirit is working through us in this place. It's not perfect. It's not intended to be. But it's a place where the Holy Spirit is moving and people testify of that. Father, thank you for this morning. And we choose now to praise your name, to exalt your name. Thank you for save us and for allow us to witness the work of your spirit. To witness your son changing us and change others around us too. We praise you with all our heart and help us to be the witness that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, all God's people says, Amen.